This is Blake 7 in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by 5 to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters, and occasionally the not-so-one-offs. Who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything else that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, for this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the story first. Well, this isn't bloody fair, is it? I mean, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we did a Blake 7 special, an obituary to Chris Boucher. I never thought when we did it, like, you know, a matter of a few weeks later, we'd be doing another one. No, and especially someone that I think means a fair bit to both of us. Um, You know, having been to a couple of conventions that uh, uh, he was at, um, and I think we sort of you know as much as you can get to know someone in a convention uh yeah it this one sort of hit hit hard it's a two-pronged thing for me number one is yeah as you say um my only regret um is you know um i've had some terrific um you know interaction with 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 old Stephen, but it's far too late in the day i wish yeah, I had I met him on the convention circuit years ago, and I right. would have built up a bit, much like Andy did and Gary. You know, bless them, they yeah. they knew Stephen very well, and I yeah, I, I wish we both did. could have had some of that as well. You know. Yeah, I I find that because again, like when when your your childhood heroes start to go, you do start thinking of your own mortality as well, don't you? And I mm. I I think that very much that what we've done in the last you know what tops five six years we've been doing a podcast and that yeah if we could have done that at the height of our fandom mm. you know the people you could have into it's the same with mad max things like that they we're starting to lose these people yeah and you think if you yeah if you could have if, if this would have been available to us um when we were young enough to uh to have the energy to do something you know, about it. You know what yeah. we've got to do? We've got to latch on to a TV series that's all got youngsters in it. Yeah. Because yeah, then, then we might have look, more of a chance. <laughs> but then people look at you a bit weird, don't they? Yeah, or we might yeah. pop off. Yeah. 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 No, I, the, 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 the other prong is, yeah, that's number one. The, 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 the other of my two prongs is, you know, for me, Travis Mark One was such a, a, a major part of the appeal of... Yeah the beginning of Blake 7 oh, for me. Yeah. I mean, um, I, d- I don't think it's any secret that I'm a big Travis Mark II fan. Uh, I love Ryan Croucher, I love his portrayal. But that doesn't take anything away from the superb performance and the superb characterization. Because um, <laughs> originally, when, when I first watched it, yeah, I can remember Travis's introduction. And that was the point. It was like, ooh this has got interesting like I say we used to as a family gather around and sit and watch this and I remember my uncle um, who, who wasn't the nicest of men and, and knew something about uh, being evil himself um, we were sat watching it and I can't remember it was after it must have been after Jewel or something like that and he just turned around to me dad and went he's a right evil bastard and he about Travis and I think that sort of sums it up you, you believe that this this person was a real a real person um, yeah I think he, he added so much because uh, 
a series is only as good as its villains, isn't it? Yes. Uh, and he was, you know, to to to, to not only have Servalan, but to have Travis as well in that first season. It's just amazing, you know. Two of the best villains going. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it's definitely because I, I also we grew up with him as uh, as um, Harry from uh, yeah uh, from Citizen Smith, which was you know people people sort of forget Citizen Smith now, but it was massive at the time. Why yeah. don't the BBC ever you know repeat it? I think it's because it's not politically correct is it it's, what 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 isn't politically correct well it's, in it's it? taken the mickey out of of the left wing right um and i with the bbc being you know <laughs> the lean-ins it has at the moment i just think they yeah they don't show it because it's a shame because i mean i might be completely wrong and it might be a rights issue because we don't even really get it on um UK Gold or anything like that, no. do we? Oh, it uh, seems you know, to have gone away, yeah. and yet people um, think of it very fondly, don't they? Oh yeah, I, it, it was a, it was a great show, and he he was great in it as uh, Harry Fenning, the yeah. the believable uh, East End villain. Um, but yeah, he, he, I think he he was so much a part of our childhoods. Um, I mean, I'm I'm really really happy that you know over the last three or four years. You know, we actually got to interact with Stephen, and like I say you, you, he recorded a, a, a an opening for Blake Seven in character, um, which again, if you had said that to young me watching these episodes, one day you'll meet that guy. And, you know, oh man! If you had gone back to the eighteen-year-old me, my head yeah. would have exploded. That one yeah. day you will not only be talking to Travis, but you'll be asking him to record something for yeah. you. My head would have exploded. It really would have. Yeah, it just—it's it, something as because when we certainly when I was a fan growing up, you this was another world. You didn't. You knew these people were actors, and you knew there was this thing called the BBC, and that, but you, it, you couldn't get a job at the BBC. That was, that was what? And you couldn't meet these people. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's astonishing, really. I, I'm, I'm very glad. It, may, it makes you want to go, go out and hug the rest of the cast, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and appreciate uh, them. Appreciate them. And, yeah. and make sure that they're appreciated. And I think Stephen did know that. I mean, I th- I think you and I so, have been yeah. to enough of the Maximum Power yeah. events that you could see he, he he loved being there with the fans. He, he out of all of them, and they all said it, but he even more, and, and it, I'm sure it was 100% heartfelt, but he, he elaborated more than the others about, he would say about if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't yeah. be here. The love that you have for the show, the admiration for the show, you know, is admirable you know and um he he really was touched by those conventions wasn't he i think so i think he he appreciated that people appreciated his work um and he was always very very humble about what he did on the show and his acting career but yeah i always i think it's it's really because you know i mean I think you're like me. You're a huge Laurel and Hardy fan, mm. um, and the fact that they both died without really knowing the impact they had, they were just shy of when you know they they were thought of as comedy geniuses, etc. Uh, and it's 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 nice that these conventions happen. That yeah, you can 
you can say to these people how much they mean to you. And I, I think he did know. Yes. I, and I think he appreciated it. Um, and not in a, not in a sort of um, uh, any sort of sad way or, you know, oh, here's a has-been actor. All he can do now is go to these conventions. I, I think he truly, and I do, I do agree. He, I, he said it last time to us that these conventions, these maximum power ones, are different. And I think that's true, very much true, in that there's a love for the programme. And I'll say in other fandoms, you know, Doctor Who fandoms do love Doctor Who, etc. But there seems to be a universal love and respect, mm. you know, uh, for, for the actors, the work that was done, the programmes, the scripts, the special effects. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm just very, very glad to the guys at Maximum Power for arranging these things, giving oh, us the opportunity. Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, you, you've said before, you know, you're pretty much conventioned out because they've yes, become these yes. huge <laughs> conglomerate businesses. Yeah, yeah, you know, get the, the, the plebs yeah. in, get them back out again, you know, after fleecing them for all their money. Whereas the maximum powers were far more intimate affairs. Yeah. And I don't think... I mean, Stephen was very interested in the show still. He was interested in everybody that went to the show. He took time at each individual signing to talk to that person. And I saw him on every one of them that I've been to during the break. Instead of staying in the green room, he came out and he went round to every stall. He was looking at everyone's contributions, you know. Um, And, uh, yeah, no, and... The other thing about him, I mean, the first time I, I, um, you know, had a proper conversation with him was to ask him, could you please do a recording? And he was looking at a, uh, at a fan stall, you know, yeah. um, and I went up to him and he, he couldn't have been more, um, you, you know, positive about it. He said, of course. Um, at the end of this, I will put the full yeah. block it's recording. To, isn't it? It, shows, <laughs> it shows, even for something like that, what a perfectionist he was. He was. He yeah. he wanted to get it right. Yeah, and at some point, you'll hear me say, oh, no, that, that, that'll be all right. That's I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, no. I, I said, I said yeah. I'm sorry, I should have written a script. And he's like, shush, I don't need a script. Yeah. You know, but more than that, I mean... You, you know, you say about Travis Mark II and he's your favourite and, um, you know, again, refer you to the Blake 7 podcast we do. Um, I've met Brian and Brian is Travis Mark II, you know, yeah. without doubt. Yeah. And Stephen is Travis Mark I. But he is such a charismatic, charming, yeah. friendly person. Yes, I mean, he looks a villain. That's not running him down. He looks a villain and he can you know you wouldn't want to mess with him but no, on the no. other hand he was utterly charming, utterly charming yeah. and well, I, I think I said before that I could picture him on a yacht in the Seychelles entertaining a group of people over cocktail he, he had such charm he was old school but yeah he, he was such a nice friend I'm like at the first uh, the first convention that I met him at and I'd already been in the queue, got a few things signed. It was towards the end of the day. And I thought, I'll get him to sign my Federation blaster. And so I was showing it. And he said, oh, you made this and that. And I was saying, yeah, some of it's my insulin pens. And and it was straight into, oh, you're, you're a diabetic. Oh, how are you, is that being controlled? And he was totally interested. And not in a sort of, 
fatuous I'm going to say he was really interested mm. he was asking me questions about my diabetes and he you know and then when he come to sign it he started saying it in silver he goes no 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 let's he says these pens don't last very long let's get some black and he stopped and went and got a black pen to sign it because he wanted to do it again want to do it properly want to do a good job of it mm. and I think that that shows through in his, his stuff he he wanted to do a good job yeah he did. He did the best, I think. Yeah. The first time I ever had an interaction with Stephen was yeah. at the the Maximum Power before the one that you first yes. went to. Um, and that was my first time ever I'd been out in the Federation Trooper outfit. And my first interaction before, I mean, it was later in that day during the lunch break that I approached him um, about doing the recording. Um was we were going to be like, like we've done on all the maximum powers we have like you, you know the four of us we walk the guests out yeah. you know and um i'm standing there with the other guys and uh he walked past and he looked at me and uh and i sort of like nodded and went sir and uh he, he patted me on the shoulder he went well done, soldier. Like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, if the, if the 18-year-old me knew that one day, not only will you be in a you know screen-accurate trooper costume, but Travis is going to yeah. pat you on the shoulder yeah. and say good work, oh, I would have wept, it's, I it's think. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I, at, at, at the last one, um, he, he arrived, and you, you, you were still getting changed uh, in with the other guys um, and I was just outside the door because you know don't want to watch a lot of sweaty men get changed no it's not um, not a nice no. sight um, there's probably websites for it but <laughs> and um, yeah he, he arrived and he he sort of came over to me and it was like morning the boss is here yeah you know I mean and yeah. I was dressed as mark too but yeah it was it was so nice and then I said oh, can I can I just get a photo and he goes oh we're we're not meant to. He says COVID and all that sort of thing. He says Hazel will have a fit. He goes, let's do it. And, was like, and that sort of yeah. summed it up to me. He could have easily just said, no, no, don't. Worry. But yeah, he was such a nice man. Yeah. And it's not much of a Christmas treat, is it, to find no. out this information? No, it's like it, it was a shock as well because although although he's obviously looked older than when he was playing Travis. He, he was so vital, wasn't he? He was so so fit and centre of attention. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to think of it without him. And he was working right up until the yeah. end. You know, he was in theatre. He's done an awful lot of work for Big Finish as yes. well. You know, he's reprised Travis, and I've got some of them, and they're, 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 they are yeah. terrific. Um, I, I recommend people seeking them out. Um, or seek loca locate destroying them out. Um, which leads me into uh, yeah the, the the meat of today's show. Um, I thought Ian and I would uh, um, uh, rate our Travis's Mark One stories, our top three, because there's not yeah. many, is there? He was there's only not, in one season. Yeah, well, half of one season. Yeah, he's not it's, in every story. No, it's weird to think that that both Servlan and Travis didn't appear until over the halfway point mm. uh, in the first season. Um, there, there, there weren't that many Travis episodes, but they were all good. They were all very. I very don't good. know. You say good. I, I don't know. I think 
Orak, the very last one. He is totally yeah. a, just a lackey to Serverlan. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help as well that he couldn't do the studio session for it. So you've got this flat-footed yes. extra player. He had nobbled himself really, at, yeah. at Squash or something, yeah. hadn't he? But, but something like Redemption where... Um, is it Redemption, the one before Orac? Or the one before it, whatever it's called, I'm terrible with names. Um, although, you know, that, that's got a great line in it, where he, or a great scene in it, where he realises that the, the, the Doctor has been killed, and it's the Doctor that worked on Marriott. Him. Marriott, yes. yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a stunning bit of character work that didn't necessarily need to be there, but my God, it did not add to the... Mm. The realism of, of Travis. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, th I think that. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't have a top. <laughs> we wouldn't have a top three, would we? If they were all equal quality. But I, I, I sort of think we'll probably be the same on this. I've got a feeling you and I might be exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. I really think you and I have got our one, two, threes exactly the same. So yeah. let's go. Uh, listener, uh, when you listen to this, um, as usual, interaction on the Facebook page or iTunes would be very nice. Let us know your top three Travis stories, Travis Mark 1 stories, and, and why. That would be very nice. Thank you very much. So uh, off we go. Uh, number three then, Ian. What's your number three? Uh, number three for me is Project Avalon. Snap! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought this would be similar. Um, yeah, this this is um, this is the first story where the 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 veneer starts to crack a little bit for Travis, isn't it? That things are not going right for him. Um, up till now, we've seen him as this totally professional, very very well organised soldier, and this is the start where where dealing with Blake is pushing him over the edge um, and I'd love that final scene where he's he's just you know grasping his ball <laughs> with a sad look on his face um, grasping his ball yeah um, but yeah a, a great performance um, and what the, the, the thing I liked about Travis as well is he was a professional soldier mm. um, and it shows through in certainly in the th my three episodes like I say this is the point where it starts to crack a bit uh, until we you know we do get in season two where he's he's pretty much no longer an officer he's not a soldier he's he's something else he's become the outlaw of the, mm. you know um, but this this is the point I think where it starts to happen um, but yeah Pro Project Avalon and and by all means I refer people for a fuller storyline etc back to uh, our in character that we covered several characters from this um, it's a good romp isn't it? it's a good romp mm. um, lots of action in it uh, some very nice uh, Serverland and Travis scenes yeah um, but uh, yeah so it's, that it's it's definitely I've got two others that I prefer more but it is a really good, strong episode. What I like about it is, you know, it really shows where nothing matters to Travis except for yeah. getting Blake. He doesn't give a toss about the poor sod that's put in the um, no, no, no. in that room to test out the uh, the little e spark. Everyone's ball. expendable. Yeah, and I think including himself. Yeah, I think if he thought 
his death would bring down Blake. He would happily pay that price. Yep, 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 yep. He doesn't care about Avalon. No. He's not phased by the fact that Avalon's laying there with like a tea towel yeah. across her. Um, all that matters is Blake's death. Yeah, I love I love that scene as well where um, she's sort of saying you you know you'll get nothing out of me, and he's like, yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. <laughs> of course we will. Yeah, we're an idiot. Yeah, but he doesn't yeah. really care. He doesn't really want anything out of her other than the fact that she's, she's now a prisoner. Yeah, she's away uh, to. Uh, yeah. An ultimate goal. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I join you in that number three. What's your number two? Number two is Jewel. Snap. Hey. <laughs> um, so this one, which is is basically uh, Arena from Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, rewritten slightly, but I think improved slightly as well, a little bit. Mainly because we haven't got a Gorn lumbering about, but this has got so much character work in it. Because, because people, you you hear the title and you think, oh, it's the Gorn episode for Blake. So, but it's not really. There's not that much action in it. But there's tons of characterization. The bits I love, where Ta- uh, Travis is is trying to needle the. Go on, the say her name. Go on. Pierre. Oh, that's been a long yeah. time. It's been a while. Pierre. <laughs> um. When he's trying to needle her for no other reason than he's bored. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. Um, he's got a sense of humour. I love his interactions with uh, Sinophar and um, Giroc. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's saying, it, I, I'm the lawful representative of the government. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great, great episode. Um, funny when it's funny. Exciting when it's exciting. Um, very, very good. Yeah. I love his frustration that he can't yeah. do what he's meant to do, you know? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, that is cool. I like the whole opening um, um, sequence between the Liberator and the Pursuit yeah. Ship where he's actually going to ram the Liberator. Yeah. He's going to kill himself yeah. to so get said, rid yeah, of Blake. He, he will happily do that. And it, again, it shows the. Um, the military side of him, isn't it? He's planning this. He's done a good plan. Blake would Blake would never win against Travis if he wasn't the hero of his own show, mm. because Travis plans everything and everything's well done. And yeah, this whole beginning sequence, which you, you'd sort of forget, you think this episode is just Blake and Travis fighting in a, a wood, um, but it's a very minor part of it. And this whole beginning bit where they're attacking the Liberator, it's great. It's such yeah. a great sequence. <laughs> Even though it throws up the whole scale issue yes, of how yeah. big is a pursuit ship. You know? It's as big as a Liberator. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, 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 it cleverly introduces the probably cliched idea of the mut- mutoids, um, very termination, mm. but it does so in a way that's totally believable. You don't go, oh, space vampires. Oh. Mm. It makes sense. Um, it's, just, it's just a corking episode. Okay. I think it it probably features on most people's top top episodes for season one, doesn't it? I yeah, thought. yeah. I, and again, um, I remember this very well from the VHS release, the first one, because this was it was the, called Jewel, yeah, wasn't it? it? Was the the videotape, yeah, the second compilation they did, uh, the beginning, which was uh, basically four episodes cobbled together, and then they did Jewel, which was the oh, it's almost a perfect Travis arc, and it. it you know, it's like really strong episodes. Um, and I remember 
renting it, copying it, yeah. making my own covers, buying it when it eventually was affordable, <laughs> buying it again when it was on sell-through. Um, then again yeah. on DVD. Then yeah. again on DVD. Uh, if it ever does come out on Blu-ray, I'll be there. Of course we will, yeah. yeah. I've got a strong feeling your number one is my you number one. Yeah. I don't think I even need to say snap. Go on, introduce Go on. it, Ian. Uh, so this is Seek, Locate, Destroy. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, we we tend to find uh, with in Doctor Who where they'll introduce a recurring character and their first story is usually their strongest, same with companions, because it's where the most effort is put in to introduce these characters. Unlike Doctor Who, it tends to tail off, whereas I don't think it really did with uh, uh, with season one of Blake Seven, and certainly with Travis. This introduces Travis, and it's I remember it from the first time round. This character just grabbed me. It was like, what's up with his face? The the panning shot up, showing his costume. It's very his, Mad Max. Yeah, I thought of that today. I watched yeah. it today, and it's like this slow reveal. Yeah. of this person is Mad Max in the first yeah. Mad Max film isn't it it is yeah you should, uh, a little bit at a time and it it's the BBC formula that they used in Doc 2 of you don't show your villain straight you don't just have your villain walk in uh, you know side left of the scene in a long shot you you, you did it and it built it up and it adds so much the fact that even before he, he appears, you've got uh, the councillors. Yeah, you've got Rontaine and yeah. Burkhold. Goes right. Are you sure that's a sensible move? Um, Servalan's complete confidence in him. Then the officers go in talking about him, and then he walks in, and you you hear his voice. Then you get that pan up, see his face. That's amazing. Yeah, it because Servalan had specifically said no. Let him wait outside, yeah. and he just bursts in and I says, "Your that. aide yeah. said I was to wait." He obviously he got it wrong. wrong. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> He's countered her politician's way of of trying to make people feel small. It's not going to work on Travis. It's brilliant. Really? This is yeah. brilliant TV. In the yep. Um, Rontaine and Burkhold, they've said about, you know, how he's been suspended from duty. You've got Servalan backing him up, saying, you know, um, he's ruthless, he's committed. You've got all this build-up before you've even seen his face. When he does arrive, you see his backside and his, you know, what we're going to find out is a gun arm. You hear him (laughs) before you see him saying, your aide said I was to wait. And and then we only finally get to see him when she hands across that written note... Yeah, saying what his orders are, and it, I I think it has to be said, as much as I I do like Travis Mark II, the the Mark One half of the head eye patch was mm. so much better, so superior, and this first glimpse you get him, because probably like me, I loved the idea of cyborg people. Well, we had no, already seen yeah. Artie Gruber in Harlem yeah, Heroes. I, I was in literally just going to mention him. That cover. You know, cover with Artie Gruber on. And yeah, I love that character. And I thought this was, oh, he's going to be a cyborg. Oh my God. It's it's astonishing. Um, and I love the fact he's got a rationale for it. You know, when Servalan, because all Servalan's worrying about is image, says, we could fix that for you. It's like, no. Why? It, it Cosmetic surgery, yeah. he goes, yeah, doesn't I'm he? Not, I'm not one of your damn parade officers. Yeah, it's it's great. The, the character is is absolutely perfect in this. I love the fact that when he gets to uh, Kentaro, 
he comes in and it's like stop yeah out. get he's out throwing get people out, out. Yeah. yeah and then but he's not he's not the normal sort of brainless thug that you get in these sort of shows because he listens to his advisor and, yes. and, and you get that classic uh, you know well a good analogy a rough analogy would be uh yeah. thunderstorm and he goes well i'm always in favor of a rough analogy, analogy. <laughs> yeah it's brilliant he does um, I mean, yeah. this Travis is more the Moriarty to Blake yes, than yeah. Travis Mark II, isn't he? He yeah. he uses his brains, he works it out. When he arrives at yeah. Kentaro, he's like, well, yeah. they, 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 they could have set these charges in five seconds. Why were they in here for so yeah. long? He's using he, his brain to work yeah, it out. Yeah, he's working it out. He's using his brains, his experience. I think he's Travis Mark I is more intelligent than Blake. Hmm. Um, Travis Mark II, I think, is pure animal instinct. Like, like in trial when he says, I, "I'm just a product of my training." I think that's true of Travis Mark II. But Travis Mark I is is an officer. He works out. He uses logic, piece by piece. Can you imagine any other show where they would go through the the scene of a terrorist attack like you would in real life? Mm. You know, flight scene investigators, things like that. And you try and you get all the scraps. You try and piece it together. It's brilliant. It's so well done, so believable. Mm. I say he should win. He should win. He should win. You know, I like the way this is early, um, you know, Blake Seven. So he, you know, he questions Servalan. I mean, when yeah. she when she gives him his written orders, he goes, these are your orders, you know. Um, I, have you the authority to do that, you know? Yeah. And she says, destroy Blake. Count on it, he Count goes. Yes, you know? and, it, and you believe it. You go, oh, God, Blake's at it. Yeah. This guy's after him. I love the fact that he respects the office that Servalan holds. He doesn't respect Servalan in this. No, no. He overrides her. Yeah. He wants, yeah. um, you know, these uh, Mark III, you know, Starburst yeah. class pursuit ships. And she's like, well, they've been, um, you, you, you know, assigned to the 8th Fleet. And it's like, get them reassigned. I yeah. need them. And she, yeah. she backs down, doesn't she? Yeah, it's definitely later on, like you say, by, by the time of Orak, he is just a lapdog. Yeah, um, but here, she's she's a politician, and he has no time for politicians. No. He's the one who comes up with the idea of using Cali as a trap. Yeah, send out a transmission. Blake doesn't know that we know that he's got the you, the decoder. Yeah, send so out that message. Silverman would just execute her as yeah. an example because that's all, the only way she could think. Yeah, it. it, it I think this. Yeah, I'd, I'd say this is probably my favourite season one episode yeah of all of them i really like with travis when he's talking about you know his disfigurement and his hand i like the fact that travis says when they um you know replaced his left hand it was his idea to put a weapon in there yeah. they weren't gonna put a weapon in no, there no. that yeah. was his idea but if he's, yeah if he's got a fake arm you might as well make it useful yeah weaponize weapon it. it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. if when he says, you know, oh, it's be better than the original, that reminds yeah. me of Judge Dredd when, uh, you know, C City of the Damned. He has yes, his when he loses his eyes. He yeah. loses his eyes and he has bionic ones put in yeah. and they go, how are they, Dredd? And he goes, oh, they're much better than the other ones. I should have had this done years yeah. ago. It's an enhancement. He just, yeah. it, it's not a disfigurement to Travis. There's it's an um, enhancement. There's a lot of similarities between Dredd and Travis. Um... I th yeah, it, it, it's purely that the governments they work for, the Federation, is is slightly more fascistic than the the Council of Judges. But can you imagine 
Stephen Greif playing Dread. Yeah. My totally. God, that would have been good. Totally. Oh, yeah. man. That would have been a good thing. A series of police procedurals featuring the judges of Mega City 1 with Stephen Greif as Dread. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned it. This fantastic scene with uh, Base Commander Escon. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, a rough analogy. Yeah. <laughs> um, something I, I, I watched that story you know earlier and yeah. um, his chest panel this inverted you know pyramid yeah. um travis mark one seems to have something else going on because escon's got one because he's a base commander but it's it's plain black just like provines the one we yes, saw at maximum yeah. power but travis mark one he seems to have some sort of like i don't know there's detail on it and i don't yeah, know what it's meant to be He's got like a, uh, it's the, the Federation emblem and a planet scape. I mean, it's a, it's a lovely bit of uh, tooled leather um, because I, uh, I've been looking before this at, at doing, when I was thinking of Travis Mark II, or doing, could I do Travis Mark I? Um, you could, but how do you do that mm. shaped front piece? I've got a way of doing it now, so I might for the next, uh, for the next maximum power. Might it might be Mark One, um, but it, yeah, it's it's like a little a little embedded scene. It reminds me very much of of like the armor in Gladiator, where as the story goes through, he adds bits to it. Yeah. it. it's almost his story, and I like to think that's perhaps Travis's story. Um, but yeah, and, and you say about the outfit, what a great outfit it is. <laughs> You know, well, you know, uh, Stephen yeah. has said about how he went, had yes. to go up the King's Road or somewhere to some yeah. sort of like, you know, S and M shop. Back when the King's Road, in our in our sort of uh, teenage years, was a dodgy area. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this was a dodgy shop, wasn't yeah. it? I've... Yeah, it was a, a yeah a, a sex shop. Yeah, and he was fitted out, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> in every sense of the yeah. word. Yeah, and uh, what a fantastic outfit. It yeah. is, you know. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, it's very. It looks practical, um, although I, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I'm presuming he has a mutoid helping with his laces because mm. he's he's got the longest Doc Martens you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I used to I used to last after those Doc Martens. So yeah. Imagine trying to put them on there. Um, it's yeah, it's very practical. Um, it's leather again. A mad, that Mad Max sort of. Yeah fetish idea slightly uh, shoulder padded yeah well it's got it's got like elizabethan shoulders hasn't it but mm. before they could do fitted shoulders and fitted sleeves you had to have this sort of almost a rough idea you know rough yeah rough as in the neck rough not rough as in roughly made but you couldn't do probably and this is what it is and it's a, a very uh shakespearean era looking silhouette of this thing um but yeah i, m- I remember right from the first appearance it was like oh this is a great a great outfit mm, yeah yeah and uh, that's pretty much it i mean he's yeah. outsmarted by blake he's positively seething oh, when yeah. when blake's got him yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> excuse me he gets a smashed gun hand because callie notices what he's yeah. gonna do he's fingering his ring um and uh, I love the way, you know, the the guards burst in and Travis is like, take them. It doesn't yeah. matter about Don't me. Don't worry about me. Yeah, Just again, blow he's them willing up. to lay his life down. He is the consummate soldier. Um, and also, he gets the final line, doesn't he? It's, yeah, I am it's your great. death, Blake, yeah. he goes. 
Yes. Now, of course, Stephen Greif went off and he made that um, the the bank heist film yes. in the south of France in the gap between two seasons, and therefore wasn't available for season two. What do you think, Stephen? If you, if you think of the stories, because the stories must have been written yeah. for season two, how do you think Stephen Greif would have approached the Travis? parts in season two i think it would have been a very different season two um but yeah i could see him i imagine that the outlaw the outlaw travis would have been much more like not not the voice but much more like his portrayal as harry fenning um it, it would have been i would love to see i love brian but i would have loved to have seen it because you would have seen the soldier being replaced by the madman. Mm. And, and Stephen have could have something. done that. Oh, easily, yeah, easily. Yep. Um, it, it would have been something. Like, can you imagine him giving the speech in trial? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's such a shame, especially because that film went on to do nothing, did it really? No, no. Uh, it didn't didn't sort of do the box office that was expected. He, yeah, that trial scene. Oh, that would have been something else. That would have been brilliant. And then Star One with... Uh, Stephen Greif. Yeah, talking been. to Stott yeah. about how he sold out humanity. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would have been good. It was never meant to be, but, you know. And I can remember a lot of complaints at the time. Um, Terry Wogan, especially, I think, was quite vocal that this new Travis wasn't a patch on the old one. And I, I think for oh, most viewers. Good that's pun the case. there, Ian. Oh, haha! <laughs> it wasn't even intended, but yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Yeah. Even when I'm not not intending them, I can pun away. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think that was most of most of you. I imagine like, because when I was watching, how old would I have been? What was that? That was seventy nine, seventy eight, seventy eight. So yeah. I was just going on ten, and I didn't really, I didn't really register. I knew it was a different actor, but I, my brain didn't quite go. You know, this is this is the same character. What's different? It didn't quite work it. But now, of course, you watch it, and it's a, it's a, it's a like a sea change. In, oh, yeah, absolutely. In in the way the character is portrayed, uh, yeah, it it would have been nice to him to do it. I think. Mm. I mean, you know, I'd rather we wouldn't be doing this podcast. But yeah, yeah you, you, you know, he's been taken away from us far too early. But you know, his body of work stands. I'm glad that you know, at the end of his life, you know, he was still going to conventions where he was adored, yeah. and that's not an exaggeration. He was adored. Um, he felt the love in that room, and he responded, you know, appropriately. You know, and I'm glad we got to know him, <coughs> even uh, yeah, though it's on the very, very yeah. peripheral of his life um you know um yeah we i i i echo that 100 percent. i'm i'm glad he did what he did you know we can wish he did more but i'm glad he did that one season the fact that we're you know there's so many people who enjoyed it i'm glad that he did the convention circuit and like you say got to know that how just how much his work meant to us mm. um I'm super glad that I got to meet him on several occasions. 
more than just you know the 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 usual. Here's quick this. Sign minute. that. Yeah, yeah. Sign this. What do you want? I, I I'm, I'm sort of reminded of um, I went to one of the conventions and John Rhys Davis was there, and I thought oh, I'll get a you know I'll get a Raiders shot done, and um, we were waiting for a couple of minutes for his helper to, to come and do something, and he goes oh um, what what do you do? And I went oh I work in IT, and then there was this silence and I said conversations over in it and he went yeah. <laughs> and that was it. That was the entire interaction, you know. And, and you never felt, you never felt like with with any of the like seven guests, but especially Stephen, you never felt that they wanted to go off somewhere else. No, no, you know, not at it's all. Been a, yeah, it's been a long day, and they want to go off and have a fag or something. Yeah, it, it, he was there for the fans, mm. and the fans were there for him. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, R.I.P. Stephen. Yeah, yeah, we do a final second a long walk to use another dread yes. analogy. Yeah. Travis yeah. has taken yeah. the long walk. But yeah. He's got a great body of work. He's, yep. you, you know, um, admired and respected and loved. And um, what more can you ask for for an actor? Yeah. You know, Agreed. so uh, just a shame it's happened. But uh, yeah. there we go. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Ian. Thank you, listener. No uh, I, I, I thought it best we um, we mark this like we did with Chris. Yeah. Oh, well, I won't say norm, normally I'll end these things saying it was a pleasure to do. It, it has been a pleasure to chat to you about Travis. Like you yeah. say, I just wish it was in different circumstances. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, what what's going to follow next is the full, you know, un un uncensored. Um, block recording of when I asked <laughs> Stephen Greif, Grief to uh, step outside and talk into my microphone. So, uh, okay, here we go. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, listener. Thanks, Eric. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, before we get to that recording, um, a bit of an extra for you. When I was starting to put this episode together, I remembered that our friend Judy Matheson the last ever speaking mutoid, actually did an episode of Citizen Smith with Stephen and uh, shared quite a few scenes with him. So I reached out to Judy and said, would you like to uh, pop along to the show and just um, um, say a few words about Stephen? And uh, she very kindly said yes. So here we go. Here's a short natter with Judy about Stephen. Well, it's great to have you back on the show, Judy. I uh, just wish it was under more happy circumstances. Yes, it's uh, it's always a great pleasure to talk to you. Uh, but yes, I agree. It is it is such a sad loss. He was far too young. He was far too dynamic. And yes, it's a sad, sad loss for us all. I didn't even know he was ill. I mean, I saw him in July. He was at a Blake Seven convention that me and Ian went to, and uh, he was his usual dapper, charming self. That, 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 that I had no inkling that he was ill at all. I, I'm not sure it didn't take all all sort of punters, people like us, by surprise. I think his family may have known. They said somewhere a short illness, and it did, and it did turn out to be before Christmas, and we were only told. Um, a couple of days after Christmas. So uh, they they were handling it. I think they were handling it in inverted commas so that so it was let out gently. Mm. Um, 
uh, I haven't read, strangely, any obituaries, which I was looking forward to reading because he was a fascinating man and I'd like to know a little bit more about him. I think they all will come. You know, we're in this strange gap now between Christmas and New Year and, you know, the media aren't, you know, 100 percent focused. I, I, I think once we get New Year out of the way, yeah, the, the obituaries will come. Um, um, and uh, quite rightly so. Read them avidly because I would like to know a little bit more about him. Um, he, he was always he was always whenever you met him, which, you know, I didn't, I'm perhaps only met him half a dozen times but you know he'd talk about books that he was reading he was he was a very intelligent uh, he was a very intelligent guy and uh, always interesting to speak to um you of course you know um work with him on citizen smith but had you had you met stephen before uh, no. doing that no i hadn't not not to my knowledge I, i'm pretty good at remembering no no i hadn't and and what's your abiding memory of that first encounter with Stephen? <laughs> um, it, it's quite a classic episode, isn't it? Yes, it's it, according to Mike Grady, who who did a, a question and answer for Misty Moon uh, in the last few years. He said it was by far the most popular of any of the episodes. And um, so it seems like people seem to like it. And that was the big thing. I mean, especially especially the little scene I had with him when he when he tried to pull me away from uh, um, whatever his name is, Citizen Smith. Oh, um, Wolfie. With the lure, lure of his car. He said, uh, it's my Mercedes outside to Caroline. And she said, that's my Rolls Royce next to it, which sort of was real slap down. He was fantastic to actually work against. Very, very witty and good timing. Yes. I tell you what, I mean, you, you know, I know him from Citizen Smith and he was in things like The Professionals, et cetera, et cetera. And then Travis. And he had such an air of menace about him. You know, you could easily have seen him in like The Long Good Friday or, yeah. or, or, or what have you. But when I and so when I first met him, I was a bit nervous because in my mind, he is this, you know, nasty bit of work. But he couldn't have been more charming and interested in anything I would say, you know, it, it, he was fabulous. Judy, uh, um, you've disappeared a bit. Hi. Yeah. Okay. Oh, did you cover your microphone up then? I don't know where the microphone is. I'm holding an iPad. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know where it is. I mean, you just started speaking to me in my iPads. I'm not even, I mean, I've got my phone here. I thought I might have to use that. So I'm sorry if I'm disappearing. Um, okay, that's all right. <laughs> I don't know that's what's all right. happening, to be honest. I don't know what's happening. There's it's no like, echo on it. That, there's <laughs> no echo on it. That's the main thing. And and did you work with him again or, or, or the, you know, the times that you've met him, was that, you know, bumping into each other or did you, you know... Um, um, professionally work with him again? I didn't. I was on break seven, as you know, but uh, he wasn't in my episode. Don't know that he was in that series, was he? No, no, you were season three, he was season one, and he only did the first season. Um, it, he, he really wasn't expecting, you know, there to be a second season, so he went off to the south of France to make a film when the BBC decided we are going to uh, do another season, and that's when they recast with Bart Brian Croucher in the role of Travis. That's a shame. That's, that is a shame for him, but um, yes, for him not doing it, I mean, but obviously good for Brian. It, it is amazing, you know, that Stephen, um, he was only, I, I think, six episodes of Blake Seven, but he's indelibly um, 
implanted on people's minds. He, he absolutely is. Yes, he absolutely is. And he enjoyed it. I read an interview with him quite recently. I mean, when I say quite recently, actually very recently. Uh, I'm not quite uh, quite an intensive and interesting interview. And he said he'd really, really enjoyed it. And he'd really enjoyed doing. He he like he was an admirer of the series anyway, which is always good. He was great as well. It, it's a shame you weren't at the convention in July because you know the times that he's been at these smaller venues, these smaller conventions, the maximum power ones, which are dedicated to Blake Seven. He is genuinely heartfelt thanks to the audience for yes. for he really did appreciate all of us fans. Yes. He really yes. did. Yes, yes, I think so. <laughs> I have to say the Blake Seven. Uh, uh, I've I've done I think two two uh, physically and one online uh, Blake Seven conventions and the Blake Seven fans are in a world of their own. Um, that's not supposed to be a pun. I know it's scientific, but <laughs> but but they are wonderful. They're wonderful. They're really appreciative. They're really knowledgeable. They all seem incredibly bright people, and they're they it, it, the Conventions are an absolute pleasure to attend. I, th I think that's got to be a New Year's resolution is get you along to the next Blake Seven um, <laughs> event. All right. I have to ask. I'm, I'm on quite good terms with the guy who runs some of them. I don't know if he runs them all, but um, yes, that will be good. That all right. Good. We'll work on that. OK. We you work on that. That would be good. <laughs> OK, well, just th thanks for your time today, Judy. Um, I thought, you know, Ian and I were putting out this little um, tribute to Stephen. And uh, and thank you very much for um, um, agreeing to just uh, come on for a short while. Absolute pleasure, Eric. Um, I look forward to listening to it. OK, it will be out soon and I'll give you the heads up. Thank, th thanks then, Judy. Thank you, too. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. My thanks again to Judy for taking time out for that. Thank you very much, Judy. All right, um, nearly at the end then. So here we go. This is my block recording of when I asked Stephen. This is back in 2019, so this is three years ago, asking during the lunch break uh, if he wouldn't mind awfully just stepping outside the building and doing the uh, intro for his Travis Mark 1 episode. Of our show. So here we go. Take it away, Stephen. Okay, in your own time. This is Travis, and you're listening to the Blake Seven in Character podcast. This is Travis, and you're listening to the Blake's Seven in Character podcast. Thank you. Do it one more time, and but end it with, oh, "I'm going to get you, Blake. I'll get you, Blake." You know, like you were saying up there on the stage. Really? Go. This is Travis, and you are listening to the Blake Seven in podcast. What is it? Blake Seven in character podcast. That's all right. This no, is no, this is this. I should have given you a script. <laughs> Don't need a script. This is Travis. And you are listening to the Blake Seven in Character podcast. I'm going to get you, Blake. There you go.